Hi there and welcome to Voicebox, your weekly exploration of the art of the human voice and the best of the vocal music scene. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman, and it's smashing to be here with you for another musical adventure. When most of us here in the West hear the words art song, we tend to think of classically trained singers warbling their way through Schubert's Winterreiser. It wasn't until I met Jimmy Cansau that I realised that there was such a thing as a Venezuelan art song. Jimmy, an amazingly versatile and beautiful singer based here in San Francisco, introduced me to this music from his native Venezuela and I quickly became hooked because of the sonorous quality of the melodies which Jimmy sings like he's holding his heart in his hands and the rhythmic nature of the accompaniment. With its myriad influences which range from the upright waltzes of the 18th century Spain to New Orleans jazz, the Venezuelan art song is also fascinating to explore as a means to understand how different cultures meld together to create a distinct musical language. So on tonight's show, I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Jimmy Cansau, who's going to lead us on a journey into the soul of the Venezuelan art song. Hi, Jimmy. So happy to have you here. I'm the most grateful for this opportunity. Hi, Chloe. Hi. So, Jimmy, let's start by hearing a song you've sweetly agreed to sing and play for us here in the studio live can you tell us a bit about what you're going to perform yes i picked this beautiful venezuelan tonada which has become one of the main uh, genres of music in venezuela right now and it's music of the plains of venezuela because it depicts the simplicity of the plains and uh, is the poetic content is very deep and and the, the musicality of the melodies are very distinctive of Venezuela. What's the song called and who's it by? It's called Tonada del Cabrestero, which means that the song of the cowboy, the, the guy that milks the cows at four okay. o'clock in the morning. Okay. It's by our one of our most prolific uh, composer, Simon Diaz. Okay, and you're playing the cuatro, which is a beautiful-looking instrument. It looks a bit like a very big ukulele. We got this from the Portuguese, mm-hmm. and it's the same same as a ukulele. It, it was originated from. I mean, it's, it's the Portuguese who brought the ukulele. Oh right, yeah. So it's exact. It's like a big sis, uh, brother uh, cuatro. Mm-hmm. It's called, and um, it has four strings, and it's bigger than the ukulele. But it's basically. Almost like the same tuning and it's more resonant than the ukulele. Smaller guitar, bigger ukulele. Camino del llano viene, puntero en la soledad. Camino del llano viene, puntero en la soledad. Y el cabrestero cantando. Ah. 
y el novillo se retira como el novillo era toro la vaca siempre lo mira lucerito mariposa la luna busca la sombra y no la puede encontrar la luna busca la sombra y no la puede encontrar porque la sombra se esconde hoy detrás de la madrugada porque la sombra se esconde detrás de la madrugada tanta amargura que toda leche da queso y toda pena se cura mariposa nube de agua ya viene la mañanita corriendo por el palmar ya viene la mañanita cayendo por el palmar y el cabrestero prosigue hoy con su doliente cantar y el cabrestero prosigue con su doliente cantar se acordará de mí solamente la tina por el agua que le bebí lucerito mariposa If you've just joined us, welcome. I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox, Public Radio's weekly series dedicated to exploring all things singing-related. Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. We just heard Jimmy Cansal performing for us live in the studio. That gorgeous song was Tonada del Cabrestero by Simon Diaz. Jimmy, thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was, well... Nothing short of orgasmic, really, especially those <laughs> high notes. My goodness. So beautiful. Thank you. So I first got to know you as an opera singer. You've been performing all over the Bay Area, taking on everything from big solo roles in Mozart operas for the San Francisco Lyric Opera to performing as a member of the San Francisco Opera Chorus in many productions at the War Memorial Opera House. So, But many singers stick to performing in one musical genre. What draws you to singing in multiple styles well you know what got me here to san francisco was actually singing um 
music from Venezuela. I used to serenade people in the middle of the night, you know, <laughs> with his poleros and, and these songs from Venezuela and singing the Tonal Cabrestero, you know. You mean people used to hire you to yeah, we, go and stand outside their well, windows Well, no, and sing. we just, you know, friends. It was just for oh, friends I and see. family. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, we were, I was a little embarrassed. But, you know, if it was for a friend, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. So we will surprise the friend in the middle of the night, like a one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and wake up the whole neighborhood and it's funny na- neighbors will come in to the you know whomever was birthday either mother mother's days or whatever we'll go and sing wow okay so that i came here to the united states uh, to to visit san francisco uh-huh. for the first time and i was singing at a party that i was invited to um as a visitor and this person said I need to take you to the conservatory of music. We need to. Uh, uh, we need to go there. Yeah, you're, you're wonderful. Blah, blah. I'm like whatever. Mm-hmm. So I actually got a scholarship to to study at the conservatory of music, and I went there for seven years, and I'm really grateful for that. So, so that's how you wound up singing opera uh, here, right? That's right in the yes. states. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. So how would you define the Venezuelan art song? I mean, I think for a lot of us, uh, we haven't even heard of the Venezuelan stuck in front of these other two words. Yes. Um, the Venezuelan arts, you know, Venezuela is a melting pot of culture since mm. it's at the top of South America. So it was sort of like a hub for Europe, you know, for all the other countries to to, to branch out to either North America or South America. And... Um, so that I guess the music reflects a little bit of that of all those cultures coming in together, and um, and yeah. So we have a lot of influence. It's, it's from from um, Europe and of course Spain, mm-hmm. uh, but also we have the uh, indigenous music as well as the West African influences. Mm-hmm. But what makes this uh, music called? Why is it called art song? Is that is that a term that's widely used? Uh, it, it's not widely used in Venezuela. Um, it's sort of morphing more mm. into that because more artists are singing this music that is not seen to the Venezuelan people as as art. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of the folk. It's part mm. of the culture. Mm-hmm. But since there, it's being broadcast a little more, it's becoming an art form. Mm-hmm. And and it, it we identify with this kind of music a little uh, more and more and so you hear this music and it's very you you hear it and you you go oh that's venezuelan music mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what makes it distinct from venezuelan folk music why art rather than folk is it classical venezuelan song basically it be- has become classical because it's people that ident- identify with that mu- in venezuela identify that music as the music of venezuela so it's well respected and everybody sings it. You have to be so, somewhat trained to sing that music. People are not touching on that kind of music. Okay, so let's talk a bit about your melting pot of a musical background, mm-hmm. as I think it beautifully reflects the many different influences that go into creating Venezuelan art music, which we'll get into exploring in more detail later in the show. So you started singing when you were a kid growing up in Venezuela, right? And you mm-hmm. had a very musical family, or you have a very musical family. Can you tell us about your, your early years, your formative experiences of singing in Venezuela? Well, it it 
my brothers and sister, one sister, that uh, we're six brothers and sisters, the four young ones started to sing in churches, mm-hmm. you know, no pay, nothing. We just loved it and we volunteered for the longest time, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we volunteered. Um, and then we were invited to sing at at radio shows mm-hmm. and Sunday mornings, you know, kids' radio show, and we would go live. And so we we started doing that and loving that. And so we sort of we got reassurance of what we were doing. You know, people were enjoying that, and we did it more and more. And so that was absolutely fantastic. I'm the luckiest to be to to be you know, to grow up in, in that kind of a family. So, And um, what kind of music were you listening to when you were growing up? I listened to all kinds of music. My father is Lebanese, so mm-hmm. I even I was exposed to Lebanese music, the chanting kind mm-hmm. of, you know, music, and also the, the more uh, drummy mm-hmm. Middle Eastern music, as well as Music from the plains, the horopos, the horopos, exactly. Dancing the horopos in high, in high, in, you know, in school, middle school, you know. Uh, what else? We, I mean, I love listening to boleros since I was very little. What's a boleros? Boleros is basically there are two forms of bolero: the, the bolero from Europe and the bolero from Cuba, uh-huh. which came from the troubadours. Uh-huh. It's, you know, the people that will go precisely with a guitar and sing, mm-hmm. you know, serenade women, you know, and it was, it's very, very romantic. It's alluring women, you know, mm-hmm. to the ultimate goal to marry that person, right? So um, we grew up, that got very popular in Latin America, especially in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we Venezuelans grew up with that because it's very romantic. It's, it's a romantic the whole romantic aspect of the boleros. Well, let's hear some examples of uh, the musical forms that influenced you when you were growing up. First, we'll hear an example of the sort of Christian pop song that uh, Jimmy sang in church in Venezuela. This song is called Por la Paz de la Tierra, and it's sung by Coro de Belén in a recording conducted and produced by Jimmy. And the soloist is your sister, right? It's my sister. Norma oh, my gosh. This is in 19, back in 1993. 1993. <laughs> and then we'll hear an example of a joropo, which is a traditional song and dance form from Venezuela. And the track is Florentino y el Diablo, and it's performed by José Romero Bello y el Carao del Palmarito. And then we'll hear a powerful men's trio, Los Tres Aces, performing a romantic bolero by César Potilo de la Luz, and it's entitled Tu me acostumbraste.
Box with me, your host, Chloe Veltman. Tonight we're talking about the myriad influences that go into creating Venezuelan art songs. And we just heard an example or two or three even of the kind of music that tonight's guest, Jimmy Cansal, grew up singing and listening to in his native Venezuela. First we heard Por la Paz de la Tierra, a peppy Christian pop song sung by Coro de Belén in a recording conducted and produced by Jimmy way back in 1993. And the soloist is his very own sister, Norma Cansal, who's living in the Bay Area too, right? Yes. And then we listen to an example of a joropo, which is a traditional song and dance form from Venezuela. The track was Florentino y el Diablo, performed by José Romero Bello y el Carao del Pamarito. And last up was the men's vocal trio Los Tres Aces, performing a romantic bolero by César Portillo de la Luz, entitled Tu me acostumbraste. Jimmy, what were the biggest takeaways that you got from performing and listening to these kinds of music? What elements of these musical forms would then go on to make the biggest impact on your vocal music career? I guess you, you have to be a little more adventurous with your voice. It's less... Um, it's, uh, it's unfiltered, though. I mean, it's that these people are not trained. They just sing like that because of what they feel. So I'm translating and borrowing a little bit of that to my own career as an opera, opera singer and and also as a you know singer in general. Mm-hmm. The the easiness of that of you know to be able to convey with your voice what your feelings are. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to, you know, in actually in opera, if, if you get, if you rely only on the feelings, that could be a problem. So mm-hmm. you have to rely more on your technique sure. to be consistent on the stage. So as we mentioned, you also have this big classical music strand to your makeup. Can you tell us the story about how you, you came to uh, get this scholarship to go to the Conservatory of Music and develop that whole side of things? Well, I, as I said, I was going to, I went to this party invited uh, by a friend and, and you were here just as a tourist i was time. just as a tourist and and they pulled out a guitar and we started i started singing my sister was with me that time mm-hmm. so we started singing and and this friend took me to the conservatory so i got there and i auditioned i mean the the, the teacher i i spoke no english mm-hmm. and the teacher asked me what what is it that you sing what what can you sing and, and i'm like oh classical oh the only thing classical i can remember is la donna mobile I used to make fun of it, of mm-hmm. that song. I thought it was the most hideous aria. Uh, and I used to sing just like, La donna e mobile, la donna e mobile, la donna e mobile. Not even the words, the words were completely <laughs> you just repeated I was just repeating. The same thing, the same phrase over and over Because that's what I heard, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So anyway, but I got in. I got into the conservatory. Auditioning with that. He prepared me. He prepared me a song. It was a, a lot simpler song. Uh, Caro Mio Ben, I remember that was my first art song that I sang mm-hmm. in Italian. And I got into the conservatory music. And then you moved full time to the Bay Area. Correct. Until today. 
You're tuned into Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman. Tonight's guest is the Venezuelan vocalist Jimmy Cansao, and we're exploring the genesis of the Venezuelan art song. The track we just heard was Flor di Lotto by Juan de Dios Galavis. It was performed by Quinteto Contrapunto. Jimmy, that track takes us back, in a way, to the early roots of the Venezuelan art song by demonstrating the European influences on this style. What can you tell us about the relationship between songs like the one we just heard and the music you love to perform today? The song we just heard is a waltz, Mm -hmm. is a Venezuelan waltz, and um, it's basically the regular 3-4 that we kept from the European tradition. Um, It's performed with a quattro, Mm -hmm. And now we hear the harmonies mm-hmm. in, you know, singing in polyphony mm-hmm. uh, with more trained singers. Right, yeah. Well, we're going to hear another track in a moment, Besos en mi, Mis Sueños by Venezolano Augusto Brandt, which is sung by the Venezuelan tenor Alfredo Sadel. And... Um, that also will illustrate the European influence on the Venezuelan sound. And also it showcases a lovely voice. Um, why is the waltz so important to this kind of music? Um, I mean, it seems that it's an important thing that you pulled out of, or that the Venezuelan music pulled out of Europe. Why is it that that 3-4 stuck? I guess it's because of the easiness of the form, yeah. the, the dance-like form, the rhythmic pattern that Venezuelans favour. Um and we stuck with it in needs because of the romantic aspect of what in Latin America, you know, the perception is anyway, the the, the whole romanticism behind music of Latin America. And, you know, the three, four walls. It's like a dance, I guess. It's, it's a dance. It's a slow dance. Mm-hmm. It could be a little faster dance. So, so that's why I think we kept it. So was there any resistance in Venezuela over the decades to this European influence? I mean, seeing as, you know, after all, Europeans were the colonizers. Um, I mean, does that have there been any movements uh, against uh, the, the infiltration of European ideas into Venezuelan music? Or I don't think we Venezuelans had the time to think about that. It just <laughs> became intrinsic in the culture. So uh-huh. I, um, more and more if, if with with things that the way are going in Venezuela right now, there's a more uh, call f- for Venezuela going back to the Venezuelan roots, mm-hmm. and these waltzes are still part of that. So. Right? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right, well, let's listen now to uh, "Besos en Mis Sueños" by Venezolano Augusto Brandt, and it's sung by the wonderful Venezuelan tenor Alfredo Sadel. <laughs> promesa de amor Sentir 
This is Voicebox and I'm Chloe Veltman. I'm in the studio with singer Jimmy Cansal, whose new album of Venezuelan art songs is coming out soon. We're talking about the elements that have gone into creating this beautiful vocal music genre. Don't forget that Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast on iTunes and you can download the podcast also at voicebox-media.org and find out lots more about our project from playlists and vocal music news to how to make a donation to keep us on the air. Jimmy, let's talk about Alfredo Sadel, who we just heard singing Besos en Mis Sueños, which is this beautiful song by Venezolano Augusto Brandt. Um, what do you admire about his voice? You know, the consistent aspect of it and also the, 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 the way he is able to reach right through to your heart is what Venezuelans are the most proud of this guy was able, you know, that this guy was able to convey. Um, and I truly admire all the music that he did. He did. He spanned all over all the music of Latin America, and so we. Admi- I admire him because of his versatility, also. Mm-hmm. And he performed operatic repertoire too, right? He did. He performed bohème stuff like that. You know, lyric tenor. Mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I hear people in, in uh, Venezuela can pe- say that you're going to be the next Alfredo Sadel. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> well, it's, those are uh, big shoes to fill. And um, I, I, I'm doing my own thing. It's a little it's a little different, but I guess people are longing for that next tenor to come and, and do what Alfredo Sadel did with it, which is music more accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so we've heard so far nothing but men singing on this show. And in fact, most of the of the tracks we're going to play today have male singers. Why are men more traditionally associated with singing Venezuelan music than women? Um, lately, women are more doing that. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's because of how, how it all started. Mm-hmm. The troubadour experience of singing, the guy singing in the middle of the night to, mm-hmm. to, to a woman. To a yeah. woman. It, not all the way around because it just wasn't viewed as proper or anything. <laughs> but nowadays, it's yeah. you know modern societies are. <laughs> it's different. It's totally different, and there are women actually that are going to serenade their beloved. Right, and then also there were, as you mentioned earlier, with the horopos, the the cowboys. They the were cowboys, men, the dueling, the dueling. Mm-hmm. Of you, you know, you cannot do that. With I mean, you don't see women doing that. Not as much, anyway. <laughs> so how do you go about creating your sound when you're singing Latin American repertoire with your jazz band versus singing operatic arias and leader? I mean, is the, would you place the voice in a different way? Are you doing different things? I mean, we heard earlier one of the singers was incredibly nasal. Now, that's not the quality of your voice. Right. So you're more in the Sadel school in a way, right? A little <laughs> bit more warmer sound. A warmer sound, exactly. So, a little more... Um, rounder sound if if you would yeah uh, it the nasal equality is also heard in other parts of the folk folk music of venezuela like the afro america uh, afro venezuela music also requires that very piercy kind of sound uh and in the operatic world we have, we rely on that no sol- not solely on that sound mm-hmm. but it's sort of like your microphone mm-hmm. so you have to have that all and the warmth and the depth of your own voice to be able to carry you know in the opera house without a microphone 
Well, now, of course, Europe is just one of many parts of the world that have helped to create the melting pot that is the vocal music from Venezuela. So we've got all this stuff, like the joropo that we talked about earlier, that's pouring into the Venezuelan sound. And one of the main types of music that feeds the pot is something called tamunangue. Tamunangue, yes. Tamunangue. What can you tell us about tamunangue, Jimmy? Tamunangue is a, it's, um, it's a party. Okay, it, but it started. It actually started. It was it was it wasn't a happy thing. It was actually more protest mm-hmm. back in the eighteen hundreds, um, and then it became a rhythmic music from Venezuela, from the region of Barquisimeto, which is in the Lara state, um, and it's very rhythmic and it's beautiful to celebrate uh, the the parties. It's sort of like a carnival also. And um, women will win uh, the pageants, and and then you will make songs about the woman that sang the the won the pageant, and so forth. And so it, be, it becomes a big tradition. Can you tell us a bit about the different influences that go into making tamunangi? Uh, the African it's mm-hmm. the most prevailing rhythmic patterns mm-hmm. that we that we're using. We also use the quattro. It's, it, we use a lot of drums made, mm-hmm. of, you know, with um, goat's skin, long drums, and played in different different pitches. Um, we use the quattro, the maracas, mm-hmm. um, which are more typical of indigenous Venezuelan music. Typical of indigenous, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, then we started to incorporate, like you know, more modern instruments like a shredder. <laughs> a shredder. <laughs> I, I mean, um, a scraper. Shredder, like cheese shredder. Grater, sorry, <laughs> a grater, a cheese grater. Uh huh. You know those old plates. Also, you will make noises with those uh-huh. plates, and so. Okay. We, those are more modern, though. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's hear an example of a tamunangue. Here's uh, the Quinteto Contrapunto performing La Bella de Tamunangue. You're listening to Voice Box with Chloe Veltman. Tonight's guest is the Venezuelan vocalist Jimmy Cansao, and we're looking at the Venezuelan art song. The track we just heard was La Bella de Tamunangue, performed by Quinteto Contrapunto. So with this kind of folk music, we're hearing something very different, I think, to the genteel waltzes that came out of the European tradition, though, of course, there are some European influences in, in it too. Um, for one thing, there's some really interesting things going on with the meter. Um, can you... Uh, Tell us a bit about that. You've got, we've got these strange rhythms going on. We have the three against two rhythm, which is really complicated, which is one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, overlapping each other, which is one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. 
Ooh. and it, it's really intricate. And then you can do your own variations on top of that with your melodies or whatever instrumentation you're you're having. But the bass rhythm is three against two throughout the 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 piece, and it, the combination is just wonderful. And these kinds of rhythms are, are quite typical in Venezuelan music, especially in the merengue, um, which I guess traditionally is considered to be a Dominican a form from the Dominican Republic, but it infiltrated lots of other uh, Latin American and, and Caribbean parts of the world. Um, can you tell us a bit about how that happened with the merengue? You know, our merengue is different. Mm-hmm. It's very different. Starting from the meter, the meter is 5-8. Right. And, and it's, it, you know, you, you would think that you are not going to be able to dance with this kind of <laughs> meter, but for some reason venezuelans dance with it and it's it's it, it, it you can feel it you, i mean at first if you're going to study it it just really doesn't make sense mm-hmm. but once you start getting it from you know if you sing it or dance it it's very organic and it's very much from venezuela you, it, it's hard to hear the 58 throughout a piece in other cultures so you mentioned that it was organic uh, to to sing and dance this i mean uh something like yeah for Venezuela so you really just grew up being able to just sing probably because you heard so much of it yes yes basically that's that's where it is it's 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 part of of the bone marrow of the Venezuelan (laughs) all right well let's hear a couple of merengues now we'll have El Espanto which is a Venezuelan merengue in 5-8 meter of course and it's performed by Carota Niema y Taja and then we'll hear Merengue Adera sung by Los Cañoneros and this track features a female vocalist for the first time in the show. Her name is Heli Orsini. Más allá de no sé dónde, tampoco se sabe cuándo dicen que salió un espanto. Más allá de no sé dónde, tampoco se sabe cuándo dicen que salió un espanto. Que lo vieron, no se sabe ni dónde, ni cómo, ni cuándo, ni por qué andaba espantando. Que lo vieron, no se sabe ni dónde, ni cómo, ni cuándo, ni por qué andaba espantando. Yo lo vi, yo sí lo vi, yo lo vi, yo sí lo vi. Era muerto sin cabeza, sin pantalón ni camisa, con las manos en el bolsillo. Y una... Los cañoneros. Con ganas de ver enviarme Fonseca para invitarlo a bailar a una buena discoteca y todo empezó muy bien comenzamos a bailar y cuando arrancó el merengue dijo que se iba a sentar y cuando arrancó el merengue dijo que se iba a sentar con ganas de merenguear me dirigí yo a Fonseca para invitarlo a bailar a una buena discoteca y todo empezó muy bien comenzamos a bailar Two Venezuelan merengues, El Espanto, performed by Carota, Niema y Taja, followed by Los Cañoneros with Merenguiadera. I'm Chloe Veltman, the host of Voicebox. We're exploring the rich landscape of Venezuelan art music tonight with vocalist Jimmy Cancel. That first song we heard, El Espanto, has some funny lyrics. Uh, it's very different in feel from the romantic ballads that we heard earlier in the show. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what the song's about, Jimmy? <laughs> yes, it's basically the 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 lies that people in in folk culture 
folk culture. Uh, do you know the little lies to make a story, make up a story? You know, mm-hmm. the so, told tales. They t- exactly. So in this case, this guy comes and say, "I saw a ghost. I saw a ghost. It was a it was a dead guy without pants, with a shirt, um, with the hands in his pockets, and you know, big big smile, but he had no head. So it was all." A, <laughs> Yeah, he didn't have pants, but he... He still had his hand in his pockets. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so so what's the place of humor in the Venezuelan art song tradition? I mean, do you sing a lot of funny songs or do you tend towards the more serious ones? I tend to the more, more serious ones. For now, I have uh-huh. lots of plans for the future. So there are a lot of humorous songs in the repertoire? There are. There are a lot of um, humorous, you know, joke and also duels, the, the funny duels, you know, who is the funniest and the two guys are singing. And so it, there's a lot of stuff going on. So now we've spent a lot of time talking about the many ingredients that go into creating Venezuelan music. Um, but we need to look at how Venezuelan music has influenced other artists and styles. So in a moment, I'd like to play a track called Barlo Vento, uh, which is a, a Venezuelan song. Um so what can you tell us about this particular song, Jimmy, Barlovento? Barlovento is the name of a town where a, um, a lot of African Venezuelans live uh-huh. and is famous because of the musical richness and the drums genres that have come out of there that have spread out through Venezuela. And... Um, it is basically the the center of the African music f- that you hear in Venezuela. Okay, well, so the recording of Barlovento that we're going to hear is by the famed group Los Panchos. And Los Panchos was formed in New York City in 1944. And the members of the group were Mexican and Puerto Rican at its inception. And they were amazing troubadours. And these guys have helped to spread many different forms of Central and Latin American and Caribbean music all over the world, including uh, songs like this amazing one that we're about to hear from Venezuela, Balovento. And, and the group is actually still active under the direction of Gabriel Vargas Aguilar, um, who's the adopted son of one of the co-founders. And these days, Los Panchos is based in Veracruz, Mexico. Barlovento, barlovento, tierra ardiente del tambor. Barlovento, barlovento, tierra ardiente del tambor. Tierra de las mulías y negras finas que llenan de fiesta su cintura aprieta. Al son de la curveta y el taquitaqui de la mina. Al son de la curveta y el taquitaqui de la mina. I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. We just heard Trio Los Panchos with Barlo Vento. I'm chatting with vocalist Jimmy Cansau about the Venezuelan art song. So I think it's time to bring this discussion back to you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Los Panchos, you're bringing this wonderful Latin American repertoire to audiences here in the States. Um, and that's no mean feat given the fact that much of this music, as you mentioned to me when we spoke a while ago, isn't easily available yeah, can you can you uh, talk about that? How do you go about developing your material? Well, the music of Venezuela, for some reason, uh, it's being kept to the to the 
bureaucratic level. Mm. It's usually the government who manages um, who gets to publish what, mm. and uh, CDs are not uh, available online or anything like that for us to go and just buy the music of Venezuela. So I guess we're very jealous about the music, and even the classical music has stayed in libraries. Mm -hmm. um, it's not available to, uh, or it's not notated mm -hmm. properly for somebody to come and just reproduce this music in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So that's another project to, <laughs> that I need to undertake, but, I would like to undertake Right, someday. so... so um so then how do you, I mean, you, you can't just sort of walk into a store then and buy a songbook uh, with songs by Diaz or any of the composers that are from Venezuela. You're saying that, it, so how, how do you? It's, a, it's very limited. It's extremely limited. You will have to go actually through a school mm -hmm. in order to get access to the libraries or mm -hmm. to the government to get access to the libraries in the, in the music. You cannot actually go and buy the stuff like that. So that's what you've been doing then? I've been getting a lot of information from other people, from other musicians in Venezuela, and I've been gathering all, all this information. So one musical direction you're moving in is cabaret-style jazz, like we hear a lot in North American clubs and all over Europe. What excites you about bringing this smooth North American jazz feel to more traditional troubadour songs? Well, um, I grew up, as I said, you know, singing all these boleros and music from Latin, from the Caribbean, and I'm mm -hmm. taking the opportunity to also bring this music of the same time from Venezuela that is more popular mm -hmm. to broader audiences uh, and also a way to bring to Venezuela the, um, the sound of the American jazz. So I am sort of merging both styles to make it accessible to both worlds. Well, uh, let's hear a raw track now from your upcoming album, Jimmy. Um, so this is hot from the recording studio. It hasn't been finished or mastered yet, so I feel very privileged <laughs> to get to play it on the show. Here's Jimmy Cansal with Tu Mi Delirio. Expresarte como es de inmenso en el fondo de mi corazón, mi amor por ti. Tonight's special guest, Jimmy Cansal, performing Tu Mi Delirio. The track comes from Jimmy's upcoming album, which is tentatively entitled Swinging the Latin American Songbook. You're tuned into Voicebox with me, your host, Chloe Veltman. Jimmy, you sound like a true crooner in that track. I think it's likely that audiences in this country will hear your voice and give you a moniker like the Latino Frank Sinatra or something silly <laughs> like that. Would that bother you? Well, no, no, no. I'd be the most honored to, if I were to be compared with Frank Sinatra. It, however, you know that this kind of songs still require this kind of tenorish voice, which is 
far from crooner. The crooner is more smoky, and you know, it's like as if you're talking on the phone and that kind of a thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I think of some crooners. I mean, a crooner is basically just somebody who can sing very romantically. I think. I mean, Frank Sinatra had a a highish voice, and Harry Connick Jr. and people like that. I think of as being crooners, and they're all. Well, that's, I don't know. That is very true. So I know you're also interested in bringing your, your sensibility to performing songs from the American songbook, but I also gather from our conversations that you have reservations about singing American jazz standards, right? I mean, I can't understand what that's about because I heard you sing Autumn Leaves at the Raz Room, um, which is San Francisco's top cabaret spot a few months ago, and it sounded great to me. So what, what are your scruples about that? <laughs> well, I guess I was really self-conscious about the ac- my accent, and you huh. know, the the it the there are wonderful singers out there that are doing that job mm-hmm. well, really well done, and um, and I wanted to do also my music for that I sang gr- growing up, and a lot of the American songbook was created at the same time as this music of Venezuela was created, so that's why I went ahead and said okay. I'm going to do this Caribbean music and Venezuelan music with a jazz standard kind of influence. And I am enjoying the, the process. And that, I mean, that's, that's what it came out after my self-consciousness of singing <laughs> in English. And I'm having a lot of time. I mean, I have a great time. Sorry. <laughs> I'm having a great time with it. Uh huh. But you know, you are still attempting to sing and doing it very well. Um, some songs straight from the American Songbook, like Autumn Leaves. So obviously, you're at some level you're getting over the issue that you have with singing songs in English. That's right. I, one of my favorite ones is Blue Moon, and I'm gonna keep adding, you know, to my repertoire the American Songbook because I love it. Well, our show is coming to an end for this week, sadly. Um, But I'd like to thank my special guest, Jimmy Cansal, for sharing his beautiful music and thoughts about the Venezuelan vocal arts with us tonight. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me. This is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. To find out more about tonight's guest, please visit jimmycansal.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-K-A-N-S-A-U.com. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. And Sophia Vo provides marketing and development support for the project. Speaking of which, Voicebox needs your support. Please help to keep us on the air by visiting voicebox-media.org and making a donation by clicking the support Voicebox box in the right nav. You can make a one-time donation or why not become a member of Voicebox by setting up an ongoing monthly pledge for as little as $5 a month. Either way, donating to Voicebox is safe, easy and tax deductible through our online PayPal link. We love to know what you think of us, so please friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, and you can write to us anytime at info at voicebox-media.org. And once again, don't forget about our free weekly podcasts on iTunes. Before we head out for the night, I'd like to tell you about an exciting live event that we have coming up next month on the evening of May the 16th at 50 Mason Social House, a great new venue in downtown San Francisco. Voicebox is teaming up with Dogfish Head Brewery, which is one of the country's foremost artisanal beer companies and we're also partnering with beer cicerone Sayer Pietrakowski and six of the Bay Area's finest male singers to create an interactive 
evening around the theme of drinking songs from around the world. Come and taste a range of limited edition dogfish head beers inspired by a variety of global brewing traditions. Hear songs that go with them and join in a live discussion about the ancient link between brewing and singing culture. For more information about this one-of-a-kind event, including how to buy tickets, please visit our website at voicebox-media.org and we look forward to seeing you on May the 16th at 50 Mason Social House. I'll play us out with another track featuring tonight's guest, Jimmy Kansau. Here's Inhenwa, better known as Dumbi Dumbi, a popular song from the 1950s, which the Venezuelan group Los Naipes sang to great acclaim. Have a songful week. (laughs) 